Now, if you're a weird kid on the internet, there is. <laughs> but is there such yeah. a thing? I mean, isn't everybody weird on the internet? I mean, don't you think there's like safe spaces for them to be with other weirdos? I don't know. Isn't that what the internet is good at? Is like helping you connect with other people like you? Sure. And I guess the the flip side of that is like the people connecting with others who are like them, like all the bullies get to connect now. All the really toxic. Yeah. I love to hang out on our bullying and just like talk tips and tricks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's the best technique for a noogie? Looking to stay sharp and grow your AWS knowledge? Well, Global Knowledge has certified AWS instructors that will teach you the skills to design, deploy, operate, and secure your infrastructure and applications. Get 30% off AWS through November 30th at globalknowledge.com slash AWS30. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk about all things software and technology. I am Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow, joined as I often am by my colleague and co-host, Ryan Donovan. Hi, Ryan. Hey, good morning, Ben. So, Ryan, you are a relatively new father. Your son was born during your tenure here at Stack Overflow. He's a stack. Yeah, he just turned turned one. Yeah, he's, he's got one stack. And I have two kids there in second and third grade. So today we were going to chat a little bit about the intersection of sort of parenting and technology, what you do when your kids start to get into screens, you know, they want to obviously, you know, at this point, I think if you're a parent, you know, you know, your kids immediately start reaching for that phone. They want your attention. They want to see what has your attention. They get their hands on the phone. It's a pretty amazing device. You sent along an interesting link just from an AngelList email there's a big market opportunity, apparently, lots of startups in VC detoxifying the web for children. So tell me what we're reading about here. So this was basically a list of companies and startups that are producing products that are to kind of monitor and protect your kids. You know, they're observability, but for children. I mean, like not uh, social observability or screen time or when you say observability, yeah. we're, we're not talking about downtime and um, uptime and... SRE, we're talking about. We're talking about uh, generating a news feed from the ch- children's activities. We're oh, okay. Secretly controlling the child's phone. Oof. Putting a geofence around the children. Oof. Smart GPS tracker. Yikes. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you where I stand. You tell me where you stand, and then we can we can go from there. <laughs> you and I don't always see eye to eye. When I first had kids, I remember I was on the side of saying like, let's use screens, but use them productively. Let's let them use screens, but make sure they're drawing or listening to music. They're reading a comic book or, you know, learning to read, as long as we're like channeling the screen through good activities, then it can be equally as rewarding as reading a regular book or learning to play music Mm -hmm. or listening to the radio that like in every generation, you know, before there were written books, people said written books were going to, you know, turn you into the devil and take you to hell and then the radio and then TV and so on and so forth. So like any new media is going to get that kind of stigma attached to it. But now seven or eight years in, I feel very differently. I really do believe that, you know, the level of psychological engineering that goes into a lot of the games that they now want to play mm-hmm. is so powerful that even if the games themselves are not inherently terrible, if there's some rewarding aspect, you have to monitor for a certain level of screen addiction. You know, they right. can become so captivated and just want to do that all the time that you need to just, it's basically just about balance. Like you can have some screen time a day but it has to be sort of monitored and hopefully you're pointing them in the right direction. And so I've I've kind of come full 180 on that from thinking like they can use the screen as much as they want, as long as it's, you know, Mm -hmm. limited to healthy stuff to saying like, I kind of recognize a powerful, how powerfully addictive screens can be. 
screens are neutral, but like the things that you find in the app store, you know, these days. Yeah, like like we talked about, that software is never neutral. Right. But you you have a one year old, so where are you right now on your? So I am kind of looking at at horror at the <laughs> what childhood is now. Like the landscape of of what it means to be a kid has changed so drastically since I was a, a kid. I remember my parents and some of their friends were so kind of drastic that they would turn off the TV when the commercials came on. They wanted to minimize any kind of influence. Same. My college entrance essay was about how my mom tricked me into thinking you could only turn the TV on and off and the only channel was PBS. That was a big, she kept me in the dark till I was about 10 on that front. I was, I was an extra nerd when I was sick home from school. I was like, yes, PBS, right. get to have the extra classes. Definitely. Three, two, one contact is a stellar all-time classic. But now it's such a networked childhood, such a constantly visible, you know, when I was in college, I think I have five pictures of me when I was in college and now everybody has a phone with them. I've been trying to, you know, patrol how much pictures of him get posted on the internet. Mm, Yeah. I want him to have the luxury of an invisible childhood. Yeah. You and I differ there. I mean, we definitely post pictures of our kids, actually my sister. And so my brother-in-law are anti that. And so that's actually interesting difference. Like we take lots of pictures of my niece, but we never post them. We only share them, you know, internally on a family email thread or text chat. On the other hand, we think we're protecting her, but if you're taking a digital picture of her in the future, you know, that could end up just getting out there. I guess, you know, like you could go back in time. The guy who was on the cover of the Nirvana album is still suing Mm -hmm. them for all the damage it did to him. You know, like people were not necessarily protected from that in a previous era, but certainly, yeah, your life was not being recorded at multiple angles at all times. And that, you know, there's a lot that comes with that. To get it back to kids, you know, like some of the stuff you mentioned about like monitoring their activity. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because it feels like that's now happening for adults. Like I just got the new iOS update and there's all of these new things in there about like, okay, you're saying do not disturb, but now you're telling people, well, do not disturb me. I'm on personal time. Do not disturb me. I'm on work time or focus time, Mm -hmm. you know, and a really in-depth report from Apple about my screen time and how I spent it, you know, and if I pair that with my Apple watch, you know, how I was sleeping and how many steps I walked and what, you know, how many devices I use and it's all quantified there for me. And I mean, people people are are doing this sort of spyware on themselves, generating metrics on how they live. You know, people have their their sleep apps that tell them when they wake up. You know, people have these uh, wrist monitors that I don't know. They tell you your oxygen levels. They tell you your blood sugar. Like, yeah, it's interesting data. But I think what the difference is that you're consenting to monitor yourself. Your kids they may not even know. Like this secretly. And remotely control the phone. Like that's, <laughs> that doesn't feel great. I guess one thing that I definitely think is kind of liberating potentially is the GPS stuff you mentioned. So for me, mm-hmm. in about a year, I think I'm gonna, you know, be to the point where I'm saying to my kids, you know, if you're careful, you can bike to school. I live in like a semi-rural mm-hmm. area. You know, if you're careful, you can bike to your friend's house. And when I do do that, I'm gonna want them to take a, you know, a phone with them. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a smartphone, but something that says like, here's where they are and they can text you or call you at any time. To me, that's very reassuring. So I guess right. that's kind of with their consent and with their knowledge. I'm not like chipping them in their sleep and they don't know that mm-hmm. I'm you know, following them around. Right. You know, to a certain degree, to me, that makes that makes good sense as a parent. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. if it turns out later that data is being shared with third parties and <laughs> when they right. turn 21, they're going to get all kinds of ads based on how they live their childhood. You know, that is a little bit dystopian. <laughs> so. I guess I have to be careful right. about what devices I use. Like you said, I'm at the, the front end of this this journey. And I absolutely have a camera in, you know, where my kid sleeps because I am 
you know, concerned and worried about their well-being. And once they get on the internet, I'm going to be concerned and worried about their well-being on the internet. It becomes a question of, you know, do I limit them completely? Do I have these monitoring? Do I have sort of restrictions on it? I mean, to, you know, sort of say like each era has its own, you know, boogeyman, its own things that are good and bad. I recently Mm -hmm. rewatched It, the Stephen King movie, and I was just struck by like the level of sadistic bullying that used to be considered okay at school. And and thinking back to my own time, you know, when I was in elementary school and my kids now are, you know, the level Mm -hmm. of stuff that was considered like, oh, kids will be kids and you're going to have to learn to deal with that. And that's part of life versus now at my kids elementary school. And I think many, you know, there's a strong anti-bullying curriculum that Mm -hmm. comes from the very beginning and they police that stuff very carefully. So you may have a life experience that is mediated now by social media and pressures there and peer pressure to perform Mm -hmm. or to be seen or to be popular, or people may say nasty things about you. On the other hand, you're much less likely to get shoved in a locker and for teachers to just sort of say like, you know, to turn a blind eye to that is just part of, you know, school. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting. The vector has moved online and away from real life. I also worry about the the online-ness, the the constant visibility of kids kind of limiting what is socially acceptable, right? Like if you were a weird kid back in the 80s, a few people would see it, you know, you would get the kind of vicious bullying from, you know, maybe two or three outliers. Now, if you're a weird kid on the internet, there is... <laughs> but is there such yeah. a thing? I mean, isn't everybody weird on the internet? I mean, don't you think there's like safe spaces for them to be with other weirdos? I don't know. Isn't that what the internet is good at? Is like helping you connect with other people like you? Sure. And I guess the the flip side of that is like the people connecting with others who are like them, like all the bullies get to connect now. All the really toxic yeah. i'd love to hang out on our bullying and just like talk tips and tricks yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah what's the best technique for a noogie mm-hmm. so i don't know i think there's there's definitely a need for this sort of technology based on the increased exposure to other people on the internet i don't know if this is still as much the case but i think the last time i played a first person shooter with voice chat it's just like stop yelling racial slurs at me and it's vulgar. And it's like, you're obviously 13 or 14. I do think, unfortunately, well, I say unfortunately, but in my opinion, it is unfortunate mm-hmm. that a lot of parents let kids as young as five, six, seven kind of have free reign right. of screen time, that those kids have their own devices that are connected to the internet and that they, you know, will allow them basically will, you know, rely on the screen to take care of the kid for a lot of time. Maybe they don't have, you know, maybe they're a single parent who's just pressed for time. Yeah. And in the past, they would have just said, hey, go out and play. Again, this gets back to kind of like the duality. Like in the 1980s, you were grew up as a kid in the 70s. I grew up as a kid in the 80s. It was much more common to say. I was uh, alive in the 70s. I was not. Right. Okay. uh, You you had your childhood in the 80s. I had my childhood in the 90s. Sorry. I was trying to. Yeah. We're a decade apart. (laughs) But, you know, say, hey, you know what? Go to the playground and like mess around with your friends and don't come home till it's dark. Because like I need you out of my hair. I got to work or whatever. You know, and that came with its own dangers and its Mm -hmm. own benefits. You know, that's a great way to figure out social connections and to be outdoors and to get exercise and to learn all kinds of life skills. Now it might be considered sort of um, inappropriate in a lot of cities and places to say, hey, just go out and play like you're supposed to kind of helicopter parent to a certain degree. People will call the cops if they see, you know, a young kid alone. It's considered negligent parenting. Right. Let us run free. Right. And so maybe the pendulum has swung too far there. And so in in exchange, you say, all right, well, you know, I have to do work for the next three hours. Just stay out of my hair, Mm -hmm. take your iPad. And then kids, yeah, age five, six, seven are playing Fortnite with a bunch of other people. And for them, Mm -hmm. it's really fun. 
but it is kind of, it's a first person shooter and they're online talking to strangers. Right. And that, you know, is a pretty, that can be a pretty treacherous world where they can maybe learn some pretty <laughs> nasty habits. Yeah. I mean, I think for a good childhood, you need to be able to safely experience risk mm, and right. take chances. And I think the real solution to this is talking to your kids. And that's, that's hard. I don't know if I'll be able to do it in a way that's like, Hey, what did, you know, somebody say on Fortnite today, right. you know, or the kid comes up to me and what's, you know, what's this word? So the product that you had brought up, which is pretty developer specific is Epic super awesome. Let's game dev set up free parental verification for child gamers. So this is kind of parental verification and monitoring as a service, right? This is like an API or a platform driven thing that will make it easy for me to build a game and build in this kind of stuff, these kind of parental controls essentially, right? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, it's also saying, you know, kid safe monetization. So that's, <laughs> I think it's, it's just preventing your kid from, you know, spending hundreds of dollars accidentally. I mean, it's happened to me. I remember one time, yeah, I was at the house. My kid had a phone. I think he was on a FaceTime or an iPad with a friend. And my wife and I were around mm. and we just started getting these notifications. We would get like a notification every time something was bought on Amazon. And it was like, ding, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. You know, and he was, oh, no. he was online looking at Beyblades, which is like, you know, the pogs of his era with his friends yeah. and like just would hit buy and like was not really cognizant that that was like really happening. And it was just like for fun. It was like, I want this one. I want that one, you know? And so we got the notification. We could just cancel the purchases, but yeah, you know, a lot of in-app purchases don't even really give you those choices. And so parents want it set up to be, you know, a lot more tightly controlled. So, I mean, right. For mm -hmm. a developer who wants to be responsible, this is kind of a nice tool that Epic is giving you. On the other hand, you mm -hmm. might be a developer who says like, if a kid is playing a game, Maybe they shouldn't be given these these opportunities, these kinds of choices. Or if a right. kid is playing a game, I don't want to let their parents spy on them. Like so, kind of. There's right. some developer ethics in this. Well, back in my day, you <laughs> bought a game and that was it. Yeah, exactly. You owned the game. Yeah, you had it on disc. <laughs> you had your floppy, and it was yours to do as you, you want. Put in your cheat codes, and you're ready to go. Yeah, exactly. And I guess I feel like right, the kids who are into software and into computers are going to hack their way around this. They're going to mod their way around this. They're going to be running circles around their parents pretty quickly. But at least for a period of time, maybe your folks can keep an eye on you. I think the solution absolutely is to cache the entire internet and just run it locally. Run it locally. I think it was Sarah Chips. Yeah, somebody had, their kid was young, seven, eight, nine, and really wanted to be a YouTube influencer. And oh, the no. parents were kind of freaked out about that. So they built a local version of YouTube. They, the kid would upload the video mm -hmm. and they would get, you know, auto-generated comments and likes and views they didn't realize they were uploading to a, a safe offline version of YouTube. So that was pretty brilliant. That's pretty amazing, but it's also dishonest. Right. The therapy you know? pills will be will be extreme. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. yeah, it's hard to know, right? Like from a kid's perspective, when your parents try to protect you like that, you see it as kind of controlling and surveilling. Mm -hmm. And from the parent's perspective, you know, it's sort of like, I got to keep you safe from all the horrors right. of what these internet and, and online connections can do. And, you know, how much of that safety requires some amount of dishonesty from the parents, you know? Right. Like, they can't trust you fully because you might, you know, you have to lie to them about monitoring and, and what the world is. This article says, why Epic Games is making its child safety tool available to developers for free. And so that almost seems like kind of a disingenuous headline, like... Mm -hmm. A company like Epic Games is going to make every developer tool available for free that it can if right. it makes their two-sided marketplace more lucrative. Like this is not, you know, out of the goodness of their hearts or anything like that. That's right. providing dev tooling so that they build on top of your platform is kind of a given at this point, I think. So you'll be like, oh, okay, I'll let my kid play in this space and right. I'll approve his purchases. I'll give him 20, 30, whatever allowances inflated to these days. Yeah, there was some news recently sort of saying like, 
how come kids aren't using WhatsApp and Instagram direct messenger during play dates? Like how can we get more time? How can we carve out some more of that time during a play date for kids to like be utilizing our services? Like what are, what are, <laughs> right. you know, like let's do some like research driven <laughs> insights here. Like when kids right. are having play dates, you know, like could they be using an Instagram kids to blah, 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 blah. Kids don't have the armor built up. Kids don't have the judgment built right. up to understand what's happening. And in some ways for better or worse, you know, stack overflow is a pretty unique place. Like I think the challenges mm-hmm. stack overflow has is how do we make the community more welcoming, more diverse, more inclusive? And how mm-hmm. do we ensure like people who are just starting on their journey of learning to code will feel safe and encouraged to, you know, and motivated to come in and ask questions. Sure. Yeah. Stack overflow kind of comes from a, a simpler, gentler <laughs> web 2.0 time. I imagine you're going to get some, some pushback on those comments. I guess what I'm saying is it's unique in that the hard part is it's hard to use and not you're not being pull, sucked into it. Whereas for oh, most okay. web yeah, services, yeah. the hard part is you're getting sucked in. You want to be using it right. more people and like people are. There's a necessary amount of friction. Yeah, exactly. The, the community yeah, has thrived in a certain way on a very like austere and limited form of engagement. Like it's, ju- it's basically just yeah. Q&A, even in meta. Whereas in a lot of other places, it's like the content moderation problems are, well, now we allow chat. Now we allow images. Oh, there's a lot of problems. Now we allow video. Now we allow live stream. You know, right. each one of those brings with it its own sort of, you know, external consequences right. and, and, right. and problem areas. So in some ways, Stack Overflow, yeah, it's still very simple. It's still pretty, you know, it's not so different from what it was in 2008. May we never lose our naivete. A simpler, gentler time. Web 2.0 forever. A bunch forever. of dreamers. A lifeboat awarded 14 hours ago to Javimu. Get a thumbnail or a preview image from a server video URL in Swift 3.0. Makes a ton of sense. I am Ben Popper. I'm the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. You can always email us with questions or suggestions at podcast.stackoverflow.com. So if you're a parent who works in the world of software, you're a developer, and you've been thinking about these issues as it relates to being a parent or having kids, we'd love to hear from you, learn a little bit about what's going on in your world, what you're building for your kids or not. Yeah, if you like the show, please do leave a, uh, a rating or a review. It really helps. I would also love to hear from um, anybody who has a kid was uh, under a regime of monitoring. Oh, interesting. How that affected you. Okay. I'm Ryan Donovan. I edit the blog and the newsletter here at Stack Overflow. I'm on Twitter at Arthur Donovan. And if you have a great idea for a blog post, please email me at pitches at stackoverflow.com. Oh, my God. All right. I went to the Parenting Stack Exchange to see if I could look up some tech-related questions. And I just have to say the top five questions right now that are like active, it's just, it is combing head lice from very curly hair. Oh, my God. The next question just says, desperate for a nap. That's not a question. That's a statement. One-year-old still not eating solids. How can I discourage doing a poor job without being a nitpicking perfectionist? And potty training okay. a seven-year-old. Okay, just trust us. Don't ever have kids. It's not <laughs> worth it. <laughs> well, it's nice to see that nothing changes. Nothing changes. Nothing yeah, changes. we're all in yeah. it together. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Headlights is still around. Talk to you soon. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, right. technology has not solved that problem. <laughs>